What is up guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, July 30th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I am your host, Travis Karczewski. Just me today, but we are going to have an amazing show for you on Thursday. We'll get into it a little bit at the end, but we are going to have a guest in on Thursday with Truman. I'm not going to be here on Thursday. It's just going to be Truman and our guest. And our guest actually had a pretty great experience last week that we're going to talk about. It was all over Twitter. Um, so we're going to have him in on Thursday to talk about it. Truman will be here with him to help you know break everything down. But as far as today goes, it's just me today. And I just want to apologize for last week, guys. It was a crazy week last week. Tuesday and Thursday, I was having trouble with my car all day. Um, as you know, I record this on Tuesday, Thursday mornings. But when you have to get your car to the shop and then you have to work, it gets a little complicated. And it was just hard for me to get in and record an episode and make the outlines for the episode so I could produce a really good product. And I figured, you know, I could come out here and you know sort of wing the show like I've done in the past but I feel like shows that I sort of wing and I don't have an outline for or research done for aren't as good as shows where I have stuff written down stuff I want to talk about talking points so I apologize about last week we didn't record an episode um, last week that's my fault that's on me but we are back and we have a great show for you today we're going to break down some of the stuff that happened last week that we couldn't talk about because we didn't have a show last week and then also some of the current sports topics that are going on right now so we're going to catch you all up so you know every single thing that's going on right now in the sports world and we'll break it all down for you all right so we're going to start with football like I said last week, we weren't here, so we weren't able to talk about some of the training camps opening up. I think every single training camp is now officially open, as well as last week. We were in Green Bay. We were in Milwaukee last weekend. We went up there on Thursday night, and we uh, went to a Brewers game on Friday, Brewers versus Cubs, and then we actually went to Packers training camp on Saturday morning. So that was really cool. That was a great experience. Nothing like training camp. Training camp is one of the best experiences as fans, I mean, I think the NFL does such a great – a coach said this. I think it was Vic Fangio said that the NFL, the reason the NFL is so popular is because these training camps are open to fans. Like fans can go watch you practice. And, you know, spring training, uh, you know, you can watch there. Fans are down there. You can watch, you know, your team's practice. But that's a little bit different because most of the time or pretty much all of the time, you know, like Indians, they practice in Arizona. You know, it's hard for a guy in Cleveland, a fan like me who lives, you know, in Ohio to get down to Arizona, you know, during, you know, April or whenever it is March and it's hard to get down there. So there's not too many fans that can watch, but with training camp, um, teams are starting to do it more and more. I know there's a couple teams like the Cowboys who, you know, they move their training camp to California, not close to their stadium in Dallas, but like the Packers, they do it. They do a great job. I mean, the Browns are sort of the same thing. It's close. It's in Berea, um, which is pretty close to Cleveland, but the Packers do a great job. Because their training camp field is literally a five-minute walk from the stadium. You can see it from the stadium. And then the players, they ride their bikes down. So it's all in one area. It's all encompassed in one area. So you can go from the stadium. You can go to the training camp. You can watch training camp. And then when you're done, you could go to the stadium, do the tour, walk around, doing that. Um, it's just a great experience. Packers do a great job with that. And other teams, you know, where they're situated, I know Green Bay is a little different because it's a small town, but it's cool to have everything sort of in one area. So a fan who maybe lives, you know, 
a couple hours away or in a different state could come up one day and just get a whole experience. He doesn't have to go from city to city to see everything about his favorite team. He can just go to Green Bay, do training camp, do all this stuff, go to the stadium, eat at the restaurant in the stadium. It's a great experience, and that's why we love going up there every single year. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, the players are right there. We get there really early. That's our thing because we we've sort of been there before. Where we get there like an hour before, like a half hour before, and when you get there, you know that late or that close to the training camp starting, you know fans just fill that place. Packers draw a ton of fans to training camp because they do such a great job with it. Because again, you can do everything in one day with the Packers. But we get there at like, we wake up, so we stay in Milwaukee, and we wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and we drive the two hours, hour and a half to Green Bay, and we get there at like 7, we set up lawn chairs, we sit in this line to get into the bleachers, to sit up in the bleachers, and then once the gates open, you rush in, you get some seats, and then you can watch the Packers practice, which is really cool, watch that up close. Um, we were right in front of the offensive linemen, seeing those guys up close is insane. Get to see Aaron Rodgers out there, and uh, it was a great experience. And like you get to watch all this stuff going on, and I'll hear the pads click and crash, and you hear the cleats click against the concrete, which is the best sound in the world. Um, but yeah, so training camps are now open. Um, some of the stuff from that, I mean, I think Jalen Ramsey, his little Brink truck thing where he took a Brink's you know armored vehicle and he backed it up into practice. Uh, just to, when he arrived there, and that's obvious he wants to get paid. I don't think he's been quiet about that. Um, he wants to make as much money as he can. He thinks he's the best corner in the league, and some people would agree with you know him on that. But you know he's just trying to get paid. I think this, his action was cool. It's funny, yeah. But it's also as a Jaguars fan, you like sort of get a little scared. Hold on, let me let my dog out of the room real quick. You sort of get scared, sorry about that, uh, because you know how much money he's going to want. He is going to want to break records with his contract. And Jaguars, you know, they got a lot of young players who they would like to pay. I mean, there's some guys that they could pay, and they just still dished out a huge contract to Nick Foles. I mean, that's sort of scary if you're a Jaguars fan. And, again, that's that's all NFL NFL players. They think they're worth, you know, a trillion dollars. They see these baseball players getting paid a trillion dollars. They think they're worth that. And they are, you know, they bring in a lot of money, but the NFL just doesn't give out contracts like that. So they think they're going to break records and then they go and they sign a good deal, but it's just not as much as they think. So I think Jalen Ramsey, while it was funny, I mean, that's where it would scare my fans. Um, if I was a Jaguars fans, but again, other big news out of training camp was Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels was cut by our Packers on, I believe, Wednesday he was cut by the Packers. And then Saturday he signed a $9.1 million deal, one-year deal with the Lions, which sucks. Um, but my thoughts process on this, people were asking me, you know, why they cut Mike Daniels, why they do all this. Mike Daniels has been a great player with the Packers for years. And he has done so much for the city. He's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. I love him. Um, but... The last couple of years, he is sort of, you know, through injuries and all this stuff, he hasn't been able to get on the field as much as we'd like. And his age, he's about 31 years old, so he's getting up there, especially for a D-tackle. Um, you know, that body can only take so many hits from offensive linemen over the years, and especially Mike Daniels because he's such a strong, you know, 
clog up in that middle. He takes double, triple teams all the time. And so his body's been sort of beat up over the years. We would have to pay him $10 million. By cutting him, we save $2 million this year. We got to eat $8 million of his contract or something like that. We Or we save $3 million this year. And we can use long term, we can use that money that we're saving from this contract to sign Kenny Clark. Who Kenny Clark is, you know, 23 years old, a former first round pick for us, has been a stud the last couple of years, um, is one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, and he is going to demand a huge contract in a couple of years, and we have to pay that. So we want to save more money for that. Also, you know, Mike Daniels with his age. He is pretty much just a situational pass rusher anymore. He's not an every-down defense lineman, um, and you don't want to pay an every uh, third-down pass rusher, you know, eleven million dollars a year. So, and you want to save some spots for some young, talented guys, which we do have. We have a lot of good, to- solid defense linemen who are young. And the biggest thing I think with the Packers is they wanted the versatility of you know a Zadarius Smith something like that a guys who can play inside outside all over the defensive line and Mike Daniels can really only play one spot in the middle he, he's not going to stand up and rush the pass rusher while you have a guy like Rashawn Gary Zadarius Smith Preston Smith all these guys who can sort of go in and out you know whenever you need him whenever you need him so it fits better in Mike Penn's system now I love Mike Daniels Signing with the Lions, in my opinion, is a coward move. You don't go to an NFC North team. It's every single time the Packers release a big-name player or somebody who was a big-name player the last couple of years. Whenever they release somebody like that, it's either the Lions or the Bears or the Vikings just snap them up as quickly as they possibly can. It's insane how much the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears are looking over our shoulder. And the Browns, too. They're always looking over our shoulder, waiting for us to drop somebody so they can pick them up. And we're like the Patriots of the NFC when it comes to that. You know, once like the Patriots release a player or they don't want to sign somebody back, like teams all over the, the country want to sign them as quickly as possible. And the Packers are like that with the NFC North. And, you know, it sucks. He's going to be obviously motivated in the games he plays versus the Packers. Um, he signed $9.1 million deal, which is a lot of money. I didn't expect him to, you know, garner that sort of contract. But, you know, if he gets offered that, he should obviously take it and get go where he can make the most money. So it sucks, but makes sense. Now, the last two people who are trying to get paid are Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. Both of them have not shown up to training camp. I think Ezekiel Elliott is now in Mexico on vacation again. Not showing up is what we expected them to do. I would seriously, I don't know where these running backs are getting this confidence. I know they're probably worth it. They add a lot to the offense, but running backs just simply are not worth that type of deal that they think they can get. Ezekiel Elliott has a little bit more of a case against them because he is, I think, a generational talent. I mean, he can catch the ball, he can do all this stuff. Um, so, if anything, I think he deserves to get paid. Maybe not as much as he thinks. But a decent amount. And then, like, Melvin Gordon. Like, yeah, you're a good running back. Um, You make some good plays. You help that Chargers offense. But they've shown in the past they can survive without, you know, an amazing star running back. And uh, you saw it. I mean, once once these things start to happen, running backs are getting big heads on their shoulders. You know, their teammates start to speak out against them. I think, like, Phil Rivers said something. Um... That was – I forget what he said. It wasn't good. But then the Jerry Jones said that uh, you don't need a star running back to win a Super Bowl. 
even though Jerry Jones won three Super Bowls with one of the best running backs of all time in Emmitt Smith. Uh, obviously, that stuff rubs these guys the wrong way, and it motivates them to not want to sign with the their former team. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, I don't expect it to go as, as far as the Le'Veon Bell situation. I mean, I expect Le'Veon, not Le'Veon, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott to both play this year. Um and not miss any time, but who knows, you know, especially, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, what he adds in talent in terms to his contract, his maturity and off the field stuff subtracts from that. I mean, yeah, he's really good on the field, but every time he steps away from the facility, every time you go to the off season, you know, he's on the news, the videos of him in handcuffs or reports, all this crap. I mean, I love Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. What he did for Ohio State will never be forgotten for me, but I don't know, maybe it's time the running backs sort of take a step back, realize that they aren't worth as much as they think, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But running backs, I think, are going to start to realize that they're not worth as much as they think. I mean, you could have a guy like Philip Lindsley, who's making under a million a year, undrafted free agent, burst onto the scenes and become the NFL leading rusher. You know, you don't have to, you can be talented, but an offense can survive without a star running back. Like I said before in other shows, a star running back is probably the least important position to have a star at um, in the NFL and on a football team. So that's my opinion on that. Speaking of money, though, and running backs, maybe Adrian Peterson should have gotten paid a little bit more because if you saw what happened, he is now getting sued for $5.2 million dollars. Uh, after he did not pay back a loan, his lawyer said that he is basically broke. He has no money, and because of the Sue lawsuit, he has to pay back about six point six million dollars in fees, with all the fees and then the five point two million dollar loan that he did not pay back. And basically, his lawyer said that he just simply cannot pay it. He doesn't have the money right now to pay it, and people started to question, you know, why doesn't he have enough money? He made over a hundred million dollars in his career. Um, but I guess his lawyer said that he's been trusting the wrong people and all of that money is gone. And we've seen this time and time again, guys who, you know, all of a sudden start making big money, you know, have spent their whole life struggling, all this stuff, all of a sudden get, you know, that first big paycheck and they start to blow it on a bunch of stuff and they start to give money to the wrong people, people who want to take advantage of them. And next thing you know, their entire bank account is drained and they're filing for bankruptcy like Warren Sapp. And, you see this type of stuff all the time. Now, Adrian Peterson is so legendary. He'd probably be a Hall of Famer that you know he'll make this all back. It's hard to feel bad for a guy who lost $100 million, um, but he'll make this back. I mean, he, he should get that much money with his contract, uh, but we will see with that. I think he'll bounce back from this. I mean, he's Adrian Peterson. You know, all you got to do is go sign a couple autographs, and you'll be making you know that money up pretty quickly. Uh, next news we have is AJ Green, another star in the NFL. Uh, I think it was Saturday or Friday. He went down with an ankle injury at camp and people were just, Zach Taylor said, it's no big deal. It's just a small ankle sprain. He'll be back, um, in a couple weeks or whatever, a couple days. Turns out he had an MRI and they found out all the ligaments in his ankle are pretty much damaged. So he will be out six to eight weeks probably miss miss close to half of the season um this year which is a, a huge blow to the cincinnati Bengals. aj green is a top five top 10 wide receiver somebody that commands a lot of attention and a guy like tyler boyd who's the number two there would uh 
benefit from all that attention A.J. Green receives. And now that Green's off the field, all the focus is going to be on Tyler Boyd. And I'm not sure you know, a guy like John Ross or somebody like that can step up. Now, the funny thing about this whole injury is they were practicing on Dayton College's field, I think. And the field that he was practicing on was not supposed to be – was not – adequate enough for NFL players. It was reportedly like really crappy. The grass was all dry and all this stuff. They weren't supposed to be playing on this type of field, but because of the NFL 100 tour, uh, the NFL moved their practicing, moved their training camp around, um, which sucks for the Bengals because, again, they lost their best player and for a reason that, you know, is basically no reason at all. Just because the NFL told him to go practice on this inadequate field, he is now hurt and out for pretty much half the season. So, We'll see. We'll keep watch on that. But we are going to talk about the Bengals now, with their with our off season review. So the Bengals last year, we're going to do Bengals and we're going to do Steelers and then we're going to do Browns and Rams on Thursday just to keep you up. Um, so the Bengals last year went six and ten, and the biggest off season news possible is they fired Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was their head coach for. As long as you can remember, as long as I've been born, Marvin Lewis has been the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's been the last couple years that he's been sort of hanging on by a thread, and he just keeps making it, you know, in and in uh, just keeps getting that another contract. And uh, but this year they decided to go ahead and fire him after a six and ten record. Um, wasn't a great year for them. They're still dealing with a bunch of stuff uh, in terms of injuries. I mean, we saw Jonah Williams last week went down with an injury. So it's probably the still still the same stuff that they're dealing with, but now Zach Taylor's running the ship there, and Zach Taylor, you know, he gets a lot of hate for coming over from the Rams. People are saying he, the only reason he got fired he got hired was because he's close with Sean McVay. He knows Sean McVay's system. Um, now I'm not sure how true that is. I mean, he was only the quarterbacks coach in Los Angeles with the Rams. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of resume he has. He's never ha- had been a head coach before, but now he's running an entire NFL franchise um, with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then over the offseason, I think they had a pretty decent offseason. They didn't add that much in terms of free agents. They didn't spend, uh, but they got rid of Vontez Perfect and they lost Tyler Croft, who's a pretty good, talented tight end. Tyler Croft is a big loss for them, but Vontez Perfect. What he adds in talent, he takes away from his actions uh, off and on the field. So losing Vontez Perfect wasn't a big deal. I think they got that headache out of the locker room, and that's huge for them. And then in the draft, they went and they took Jonah Williams, the talented tackle from Alabama, somebody who could protect uh, Andy Dalton you know, from that blind side. He went down with an injury. He's out for the entire year, they expect. Then they took Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley is a talented quarterback from NC State. I watched a lot of his games. He's big. He's strong. He has a good arm. He's tall. Um, and I'm not sure if he's the replacement for Andy Dalton, but maybe it's something where, you know, maybe they saw something in him, and maybe, you know, in a couple years he could be a replacement for Andy Dalton because I'm not sure how much longer Andy Dalton has. Um, he came into the league, you know, like a rocket and the red rocket and he was his connection with AJ Green was magical and people were thinking that's the next great quarterback wide receiver combo and it was for a couple years and they got to the playoffs but they still haven't won a playoff game and Andy Dalton just keeps doing the same shit year after year and I think 
Bengals fans themselves are just getting extremely tired of watching him, you know, play below average. And he got hurt last year. They had Jeff Driscoll. It was just a mess. Um, they also took Michael Jordan, uh, a guard from Ohio State. Those are the only three guys who I think were notable enough to write down. Obviously, they had more picks. Michael Jordan was a pretty good pick in later rounds. I mean, he started a lot of games for Ohio State, played on a lot of big stages. Uh, he's going back with Billy Price. So this offensive line, once they get Jonah Williams back, I mean, four out of five of their starters are going to be one- to two-year guys um, in terms of experience. You know, Billy Price was good last year for them when he was healthy. Uh, so this offensive line, while young, is very talented. Uh, they got Joe Mixon in the backfield, who Mixon, pretty good running back. Some would say top ten um, running back, and we're sort of waiting for him to take that next step to top five right up there with one of the best running backs in the NFL, people could say. Um, so we're waiting on that. Tyler Boyd got a new extension. He's going to be big this year. And then John Ross. John Ross, we're still waiting on him to take that next step and be worth you know that first-round pick that they spent on him. He changed his number up. He said he wants to change his number. I'm not sure. I forget what number he went to, but maybe it was like 11. I'm not sure. But he wants to get a fresh start, and I think he deserves a fresh start um, with this new offensive system. They have a new defense coordinator. All of this crap. I still don't trust the Bengals. I think they're going to be pretty bad this year. I think they're going to try to ride the wheels on Andy Dalton, and I just don't think they could put their – I don't think you could put your franchise on Andy Dalton, especially with their defense, which is talented, has some talent on that defense, but overall is not great. I mean, it's a young team. It's fresh. It's new. It hasn't been fresh and new in the last 25 years. So I'm thinking 2-14. and 14. I think this is going to be a transitional year for the Bengals. They're still trying to clean out the crap that was left over from Marvin Lewis and his system. I think this year will be the last year of Andy Dalton starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think they're going to transition more into a new system, a new regime there. And I think it makes sense. So I'm going 2-14, and 14, but I think slowly you're going to see the Bengals get better over the next couple of years as they clean out what's left of the Marvelous system. Next we'll go to Pittsburgh, from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh. We'll go to the Steelers. 9-6-1 last year, a year full of drama, and a year full of just completely cleaning out the old regime like the Bengals. The Steelers last year, 9-6-1, missed the playoffs. They missed Le'Veon Bell the entire year. They missed Antonio Brown for the last game. Both of those guys are gone now. They also lost Jesse James, a talented tight end. They also lost Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals. Or, no, he went to the, where did Marcus Gilbert go? Marcus Gilbert was a tackle. He's got paid a lot of money here. Let me see here. Marcus Gilbert. Yeah, he went to the Cardinals. Marcus Gilbert was a starting tackle for them. They lost him. They also lost Morgan Burnett, um, which I don't think was a huge loss for them. So, obviously, I mean, you look at those Two names at the front of the list, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Both, when, when healthy and you know at the top of their game, are top five players at their respective positions. Jesse James got a big contract from the Lions, I believe, and Marcus Gilbert got traded. They traded him. Um, so it's a transitional year for the Steelers. Now, in terms of wide receivers, um, they added Dante Moncrief, and then linebacker safety, they added Mark Barron. Um, but I think they're looking for a little bit more athleticism with linebacker wise they're still waiting on ryan shay's year to come back and i'm not sure if he ever will uh claims he still wants to and obviously all power to him if he's still trying but anyways moving on from that 
this is a very transitional year for the Steelers. This is a huge year for Mark, Mike, Mike Tomlin. No longer does he have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to rely on. He's got to develop more talent. And in the draft, they did something they usually don't do, and they traded up, and they took Devin Bush with the 10th overall pick. And then they took Deontay Johnson uh, in the second round, a wide receiver from Toledo who was a little bit unknown. And then they took Benny Snell uh, later in the draft, which was a big deal for me because I like Benny Snell a lot. I think he was pretty talented out of Kentucky, and I'm not sure why he fell as far as he did. But anyways, moving on. The running back position, I think, is in good hands. They have Benny Snell. They obviously have James Conner, Pro Bowl running back, and they have Jalen Samuels. That running back position is set. Offensive line is still solid, even with the loss of Marcus Gilbert. It's still a solid position. Tight end is a little bit up in the air. They, they do have Vance McDonald, who's solid, but other than that, I think they would like a little bit more of an athletic tight end. They don't have that. Um, in terms of wide receivers, though, Juju Smith has spent – he's like Tyler Boyd. He's spent the last two years – benefiting from Antonio Brown getting all the attention. With Antonio Brown gone, I think he's going to get a lot of more double coverage, and we're going to be able to see how he responds to that. He's still talented. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, but for the Steelers to succeed offensively, obviously Big Ben's going to do his thing. They need another wide receiver to step up, and whether that be James Washington, you know, wide receiver they spent a pretty high draft pick on last year. Had a sort of a disappointing rookie season. And then Johnny, Johnny Glad said that Deontay Johnson, this wide receiver from Toledo they took, is going to be amazing. So hopefully they get somebody like that to step up. Um, maybe Ryan Switzer gives them something. Um, but then defensively, their defensive backcourt is still pretty weak. Joe Hayden's probably the only thing salvageable there. Um, I know they have a couple young guys they're still waiting on. Edmonds, that safety they took last year, they're, they're waiting for him to take the next step. Maybe this year he had a good rookie season. Their linebacker position now with Devin Bush is pretty good, pretty young, athletic. They got T.J. Watt. They have Cam Hayward. Steelers are still a good team, I think people need to realize. I'm going 10-6 and six for them. I think they win this division. I still think they're better than the Browns in terms of experience, and they have some athleticism. Now, they did lose a lot this offseason. They lost, obviously, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. But I think where they lost, they won because they got rid of all of that drama that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown brought. I think they were tired of that. I think that sort of separated the locker room last year. I mean, when you have a player not show up for an entire season, that's got to suck. And then when you have another guy who just doesn't show up for the last game, I mean, obviously something needed to break. And Mike Tomlin... If they don't make the playoffs this year, this could be the last year of Mike Tomlin and his regime. Uh, I know he's loved there in Pittsburgh, but still, you got to win if you're a Pittsburgh head coach. So it's going to be interesting to see where the Steelers go from here. Um, I just simply don't trust the fact that they won't be good again. I, people are counting them out. People are sleeping on them, looking at the Ravens, looking at the Browns, who haven't done shit in this league yet. The Ravens and the Browns haven't done shit. The last couple of years. I mean, obviously the Ravens a couple of years ago, but this is a whole different system now. And then the Browns, yeah, they look good on paper, but we'll see how they play um, next year. And I still think the Steelers, I mean, if you look around, they have the most experienced quarterback in that division, the most experienced head coach. Harbaugh gives it a little bit of a run, but anyways, they have one of the best running backs in the division, one of the best wide receivers, and that defense is young and hungry. I just simply do not trust the fact that Big Ben and Mike Tomlin won't be able to 
mix something up here and win that division. I think they have the best offensive line in the division as well, which is huge. I think people underrate that. So I'm going 10-6. and six. I still think the Steelers are going to win this division with the experience and with some of the young talent that they have. I just simply can't make a case for them not beating out you know the Browns or the Ravens. and the, Obviously, the Bengals are nothing. So I'm going 10-6, and six and I think they win this division and get back to their winning ways. So that's it for football. Let's transition now to a little bit of basketball talk. But before that... I had to remind you guys about our guy, Dom, at D's Home Cuts. He's still around. It's back to school season, guys. And trust me, you want to be looking your best for that first day of classes, first day of school, whether you're in high school, college, whatever, little brothers, whatever you have, they're getting ready for elementary school, middle school, high school, first day of high school, whatever. Freshmen, you, know, you want to look your best come into school you want to set the tone from the first day to the last and trust me you want to be looking your best and the way to look your best is by getting the best haircut possible through these home cuts these home cuts is the best place around northeast ohio for getting a great haircut at a low price listen back to school shopping is expensive you got to get a ton of new clothes for your kids or your brother or for yourself whatever you got to get you know much of school supplies, it can be expensive. And also on top of that, you want to look your best with a fresh new haircut. Turn to these home cuts, $10, cheapest haircut around, and it all goes straight to Dom, who's also a college student um, looking to make a few extra bucks. Go give him your business, these home cuts. Not only is it the cheapest haircut around, it is the best haircut around, guys. Trust me, me, Sherman, 90% of the guests, I would say almost even 95% of our guests have gotten their haircut at D's at least once or their lifetime clients like me and like Sherman. D's Home Cuts, we've had Dom on the show multiple times. We've done a show inside of the shop. Trust me, it is one of the best atmospheres to get your haircut. Dom takes his time. He appreciates every single hair on your head. He makes you look your best. He treats your hair like it's his own hair. And he'll style you up, give you ideas, give you ideas for gel, all this type of stuff, how to style it, what to use, all this crap. Trust these home cuts. Look your best for that first day of school, guys. First day at your new job, whatever. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Check them on Instagram and uh, at these home cuts. Send them a DM. It's at, like I said, at these home cuts and set up an appointment to look your best, guys. And do it quickly because time slots are going to be filling up now with back to school. Um, people are going to, everybody's going to try to get uh, a D's home cuts before school starts. So D's home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Real quick before we move to basketball. Um, if you noticed a little bit of a break, I take breaks, you know, at the half hour mark because uh, it's kind of hard to take to talk for an hour. Um, but during that break, I scroll through Twitter looking for any news that pops up, and just something came across my Twitter feed that I wanted to talk about: Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill apparently went down about 20 minutes ago at Chiefs camp with a leg injury, they think, and he was carted off. Now. I do not like Tyreek Hill. I think a lot of people would agree with me. He's not a good human being. He had the whole child abuse scandal, and then you know he didn't get suspended for it. And then apparently uh, he came up to the podium yesterday, and they asked him about it, and he said, "Oh, I was just teaching my kid how to box. That's why you know he was you know injured or whatever. That's why I punched him in the chest because we were teaching him how to box. Stupid bullshit excuse. Anyways, he went down with an injury." Obviously, you know, you don't want to wish injuries on somebody, you know, in the NFL. It's, you know, it's his career, it's his money. But when you beat your child and when you have, you know, a bunch of allegations in the past, beating up your pregnant girlfriend, all this crap, 
Um, you know, all I'm going to say is karma is a tough thing. Anyways, moving on. We'll keep watching that, though. Thursday show or whenever we'll talk about it, whenever it comes out, what actually went on. Could be nothing, but when you get carted off a of camp, you know, that's a pretty scary sight. So we'll watch that. Not only that, we'll also be watching the tampering investigation going on right now in the NBA. So apparently when the owners, NBA owners had a meeting in Las Vegas, a lot of owners like Michael Jordan was one of the biggest ones expressed a bunch of frustration about tampering because they said before the June 30th deadline, there should, you can't tamper. You can't talk to free agents. And everybody was saying, you know, how, how are these contracts happening so quick, quick at the July 30th deadline if you're not allowed to talk to these free agents about contracts before that deadline? Um, and obviously, we all know there's tampering. Tampering's a big thing in the, in the NBA, and it's something I don't think you can stop. Uh, Mark Lassery, I think his name is, is the Bucks owner. He was also a big guy in the room talking about it, saying we need to revisit the tampering rules. Um, people were saying that's because of Giannis, and he's a little bit nervous about Giannis's free agency in 2021. So we're going to watch that, guys. I don't really think much is going to change because how much? Uh, how do you cap that? How do you stop people from talking? There's so many different ways to talk now. Um, NBA players are obviously recruiting uh, every single chance they get. So it's difficult to stop that type of stuff, and I don't think you ever will. And then we're going to move on to Carmelo Anthony. Uh, apparently yesterday a report came out that Carmelo Anthony just wants to play one more season in the NBA and he wants to do like a Dwayne Wade type of thing, retirement tour type of thing. And I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with this. I mean, you have people, I'm going to get angry here. Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin, this backup point guard, this bench scrub from Toronto, Goes on to the podium the other day and starts breaking down saying how he's at the lowest point in his life because he's not getting picked up by an NBA team. I mean, everybody's feeling bad, crying for Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin is a Harvard graduate with a Harvard degree. Uh, somebody who has made over $160 million, I think, or something crazy like that in his NBA career. He's made a ton of money. He has a championship ring, um, but we all feel bad for him. But then when he goes to Carmel Anthony and he says something like he just wants to play one more year, just give him one more year, and everybody starts to make fun of him. It doesn't make sense. Carmel Anthony not only held down the New York and the Denver franchise for the last you know couple of seasons, he held you know, for more than that, for the last couple of decades almost, he held down two great franchises and then was a great piece for the Thunder and for the Rockets, somebody who's done nothing but put money back into the community, been a great guy. Um, he can't even get a deal. It makes no sense to me. And on top of that, you look at Team USA and the basketball stuff with that, nobody wants to play for Team USA anymore because Team USA has sort of lost its you know, uh, glory days I guess you could say they players don't take pride in it like guys like Carmelo did and Carmelo went out and won you guys three gold medals and is the all-time Olympics leading scorer he scored a bunch of points in the game I think he leads Olympics in scoring and three points and he's got the scoring record there uh, for Team USA and nobody takes pride in that anymore and I think obviously it's going to take I think a loss a Team USA loss in like the Olympics or this little World Cup before players start to come back I mean, you saw it with the Dream Team. I mean, it took the USA basketball struggling. And then finally we got the Dream Team, and people started to take pride in it. And now with guys like Damian Lillard, all this crap just sort of dropping out, 
No disrespect to Damian Lillard. He actually came on to Twitter yesterday and voiced his support for Carmelo. Um, so we, uh, we're fans of Damian Lillard on this podcast now. But anyways, Carmelo needs a contract. That's just flat out. We need to get him a contract right now. I'm not sure what's it gonna take. I'm not sure what's gonna take. I'm not sure how it's gonna happen. But we need to get him a contract. And I don't know what we gotta do. I don't know if we gotta go on Twitter and everybody's gotta start tweeting sign Melo. Um, but it makes no sense for me. His even his trainer said that Carmelo's better, and it's true than 70% of the players in the NBA who have a contract, and that's extremely true. And I would even go as far as to say he's better than 80% of the players in the NBA today. Even you could go 85, 90. I would even agree um, with Carmelo because there's been there's so many shitty players in the NBA who have contracts, and like Anthony fucking Bennett has a contract, and Carmelo Anthony has nothing. It makes no sense to me at all. Um, and I get angry about it because just it's it's so frustrating because you don't hear anything about it. You don't hear teams are interested and all this crap. And guys like Anthony Bennett, who screwed over an entire organization like the Cavs, gets another chance in the NBA. When Carmelo, who did nothing but love and support and lead the Knicks and the Nuggets to playoffs and all this crap, brought them tons of money and then went to the Thunder and took on the third role with the Thunder and... Uh, Played well for them, and then he gets shitted on in, with Oklahoma City. So they move him to the Rockets, where he plays 11 games, scores 28 points for a playoff team with the Nets, and then gets cut. And nobody wants him anymore. It makes no sense to me. It's almost like he's being blackballed by the NBA, and there's really no reason for it. Um, and all this guy did was, you know, do all this crap for the NBA, and then go on and actually take on the role of being the leader of the USA Olympics teams and win them three gold medals and just score point after point. It makes no sense to me at all why he doesn't have an NBA contract, and he still deserves it. And I'm just going to, every single show, we're going to talk about this until he gets signed because I think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I cannot wait for him to get back into the league. And I think it's going to happen. I'm not sure when, but I think we got a lot of time left, so it's going to happen. Last thing for NBA I wanted to talk about, I know it's it's sort of been, you know, a big topic of debate on Twitter, which is LeBron James and the AAU thing. Um, people like Jason Whitlock are pissed because LeBron James is freaking out on his AAU sidelines of his son's game and is in the dunk line doing all these crazy dunks. And people are saying that LeBron's just a crazy parent and he needs to stop doing this stuff and he's just insane and, you know, he's just all making it all about himself, all this stuff. Listen. I'll be the first guy in the room to rag on LeBron James. I'll take anything I can and use it to rag on LeBron and make fun of him because I just don't like him as a player. Um, But as far as a father goes, he's a good father. And I think if my son was, you know, as good as LeBron um, Jr., I would be doing the same thing, freaking out on the NBA, on the sidelines. You're doing all this stuff. Yeah, he takes it a little bit over the top, but why are we shaming a dad for supporting his son and his son's team? It makes no sense. And the dunk line thing is, is cool because they had a father, I believe it was on TMZ the other day, who was a son of one of the teammates on, on LeBron Jr.'s team. And he said his son and his teammates love when LeBron shows up and does and does the dunk line, because it's something that creates a memory for them for life. And it just doesn't make sense to me why we hate on a player for supporting his son, why we hate on somebody for supporting their child. And you know, Jason Whitlock said it's over the top, and LeBron's just using this this sort of outlet 
to create more fame because fame's like a drug that's worse than cocaine and all this crap. And I don't know. It's just a dumb statement. There's a lot of people talking about, you know, a lot of people support LeBron in this, but there's like a few big sports figureheads, Whitlock, a couple other guys who are voicing their opinion against LeBron. And it's just like, like stay out of it. LeBron's a good father and he supports his son. And I just don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but whatever. We aren't going to talk too much about that because I just think it's a non-story. Let's go to baseball, though. We are about under 48 hours, I think, from the deadline, uh, MLB trade deadline. We had our first big trade, though, on Sunday. Marcus Stroman was traded for the Mets to the Mets for Anthony Kay and another guy, Simon Woods Richardson, both big prospects in the Mets system. Apparently, Marcus Stroman was... Pretty pissed off when he heard this happen. Um, and I think the MLB was pretty much confused. MLB fans in general. Because Marcus Stroman is a very good pitcher. But as far as we were told or thought, we thought the Mets were just going to break it down. We didn't think they really wanted to trade for pieces. And we thought they were going to be trading guys like Frazier and Syndergaard and all this crap. Um, but I guess they're not i guess they're going for it and they're going to keep Syndergaard. i mean i'm not sure what they want to do from there they're six games out of the division lead and 11 and a half games out of the wild card spot um and now they have you can make an argument one of the best rotations in baseball but then they traded jason vargas to the phillies so i'm not really sure what they're trying to do here and on top of all that if you look at it marcus stroman he makes his money as a ground ball pitcher he's a really good ground ball pitcher and the Mets have statistically the worst defense in Major League Baseball. Um, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But now they got Stroman, Syndergaard, and DeGrom leading that rotation. And that's the rotation you want to lead into the playoffs. So if they're going to go for it, I mean, they have the rotation to do it. Uh, I'm not sure if they have the bullpen or the lineup to do it. But I guess they're going to go for it now. And, you know, a couple months ago we've come a long way from them saying that they're going to cut Mickey Callaway any moment now and now that he's I guess he's going to be in there for the long haul and I guess they're going to go for that division or the wild card because it's still doable especially now with this rotation next thing I wanted to talk about was Trevor Bauer Trevor Bauer on Sunday caused another big scene was big in the media uh if you remember that game he was pitching and he was not pitching well versus the Royals who are not a good team uh we had an opportunity to sweep the Royals on Sunday we track Trevor Bauer out there, have my confidence in Trevor Bauer, and he gives up seven runs. And he gives up the lead, and he gets pissed off because because Trevor Bauer, everybody knows, is an emotional guy who thinks he's great. He carries himself with a lot of confidence. It's something you need in a starter. Um, to be a starting pitcher in the MLB, you have to have confidence. Uh, maybe Trevor Bauer has a little bit too much, or he puts too much emotion into it, um, and he gets heated when he struggles, and he gets mad when he struggles. And when Char- when Terry Francona came up to take him out of the game after giving up the lead, Trevor Bauer took the ball and he tossed it dead center out of the stadium. Just complete little crow hop out of the stadium. Um, and then Francona came up to him and was just like completely mystified at why he did that. And Trevor Bauer, as soon as he did it, you could tell he regretted it. Um, and I've never seen Francona get that mad at a player before. I mean, because Francona is a pretty much an old school manager. You know, he doesn't like antics like that. And when he saw Bauer did that, he 
pretty much lit into Bauer like that. And I think Bauer, you know, he apologized right away, you saw, and then he went to the dugout. And I guess I didn't watch it because I was driving home from Green Bay, but I guess he got chewed out in the dugout as well. So Trevor Bauer, I mean, I like Trevor Bauer a lot. He's one of my favorite players. Maybe it's time for him to move on from the Indians. I think his antics, his antics when he's good, when he's not costing the team runs or whatever or not making us you know look embarrassed out there, they're fun. I love when he you know when he strikes out somebody and he points to the bench or whatever. He does all this stuff. I love Trevor Bauer when he's good. When he's bad though, and he does this type of stuff, it frustrates me to no end, and it makes me mad. And I just want I wanted to trade Trevor Bauer when I saw he did that. I wanted to trade him at that moment. But when I sat back, I realized that you know this personality. Is something you need in baseball, I think. He's sort of the villain now of baseball. And, you know, obviously it was dumb, but, you know, he, he showed emotion out there, which is kind of nice. I think you kind of need that in a starting pitcher as well. Um, but that's it for baseball, actually. Um, oh, last thing with baseball. Never mind. Sorry. The San Francisco Giants, guys, uh, they have won a lot of games in their last 20, 23 games. They've won a bunch of games. And they are now, you know, not that far out of the wild card spot. And apparently now they're not trading any of their pieces. They're not going to be trading Baumgartner. They're not trading Will Smith. They're not trading any of these guys. And they're going to try to go for the wild card spot. Try to piece it together one more time for one more magical run. Um, and they're going to try to go for it again. This is Bruce Bochy's last season. And I guess they just want to, you know, go all in. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And they'll probably just tear it down in the offseason once they get the new manager um, but they're going to go for it I guess and they're not going to break it down and they're going to try to string together a couple more wins here a couple more good weeks and get into the wild card spot and try to make some noise once they do that um, so that hurts a lot of teams that were trying to get Will Smith or Madison Bumgarner or a million other of their good pieces um, and they're going they're contenders now they're going to try to go for that wild card spot so that's what the Giants that news on that Again, we are under 48 hours, though, from the trade deadline. Usually with baseball, the trade deadline moves happen really quickly and really fast and just come out. Um, it happens in, like, succession. It will start. You start to see a couple moves, and then next thing you know, a bunch of stuff will happen. Um, so I think we're going to see moves today and possibly maybe tomorrow. So I apologize if I didn't report on those. But we will be back on Thursday to break those all down for you. So watch that. Keep scrolling through Twitter to watch that. Um, but other than that, though, that's our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. Guys, seriously, check them out. You're going to want to look your best for school. Um, so check them out, D's Home Cuts, on Instagram. We ask that you go onto iTunes, search TNT Sports Talk, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And, guys, keep on listening because we love your support. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2. Send us questions, comments, concerns in the DMs. Um, that's also we'll follow we'll follow you back right away, um, so you can send us a DM. Our DMs are always open, and if you want to be a guest, you want to come on, give us your sports take. Go to the DMs and send us a a little something about what you want to talk about, and we'll schedule time for you to come in, or maybe we'll do it over the phone. Whatever, guys, just check us out on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk One Two. Other than that, though, that's our show today, guys. We have a huge show for you on Thursday, though. Again, I will not be here. Uh, it's just going to be Truman and our special guest. Uh, our special guest had a great experience over the weekend at a training camp. Uh, he was all over Twitter. His video that he is in has been 
retweeted and posted a million times. Uh, he's been posted by a couple players. And uh, you're going to want to hear his story on Thursday. So make sure you tune in for that, guys. Other than that, though, have a great day. And, again, make sure you listen on Thursday. Thanks, guys.